You know, a whole generation of parents have turned to Steve Bidolf for parenting advice. The author of classic books, Raising Boys and Raising Girls, as well as about a dozen other parenting titles, Steve's described as one of the world's best-known parenting educators. After a career of helping us raise kids, Steve's turned his hand to raising the rest of us, or helping the rest of us at the very least. He's got a new book called Fully Human, A New Way of Using Your Mind. Steve is with us. Kia ora, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you going? Yeah, very well, thank you. Our listeners, I know, are very familiar with your work and with your previous books. Can you just tell us a bit more about Fully Human? Okay, well, this is a, this book is a departure from my other books because I'm I'm looking after the grown-ups now. I think the kids need their mums and dads to be in good shape. And so so this is a book about how to use your mind better. And in particular, Jack, this idea of what's called super sense, which is the way that you can use gut feelings to to help um, guide your thinking and feeling. Uh, does is the word gut feeling something that people have over there in Absolutely. New Zealand? Absolutely. Yeah, we all we all know gut feelings, but I suppose most people would associate gut feelings with being something that wasn't necessarily backed up with scientific literature. Okay, well that's the good news because this book is very scientific. And but let me let me give you a, an example, Jack, that will. I think will be relatable to to people listening. The book begins with the story of one of my patients many years ago who was a young mum and she was also a, a GP, a doctor. And in the middle of the day, she was in a, a train station car park coming um, coming home again. And uh, it was broad daylight. And as she was getting into her car, a young man called out to her from across the car park and and. He was a fair way off, and he was—he was wearing a suit. He was very well dressed and and you know, very normal looking. Um, and she was, you know, a, a young woman who'd been conditioned, like a lot of women are, to be polite and to be um, to help people out. And he was obviously calling out with something he needed help with. Um, and it's, but all of a sudden, in the pit of her stomach, she had a little clenching feeling, and she almost, when she described it to me, almost turned into a panic and she just jumped into her car mm. and she roared out of there um, and left him in the, in the dust. And, um, and she was kind of rattled. She's, what's wrong with me? You know, what's going on? But mm. when she got home, it was busy with little children and she put it out of her mind. But that night watching the evening news, the headline story was that a young man had tried to abduct a young woman in the station car park, and it was her station and her car park. And her husband came in and found her sobbing on the couch because she was just, you know, she basically had just survived. And uh, she was my patient because she had post-traumatic stress, obviously from that, and also felt terrible about the other woman. But the thing was, and the building back her mental health was to do with that was wonderful because you listened to your gut. Right. And and what we know about this now is that our unconscious mind pulls in every kind of signal in our environment, things we can't possibly pay attention to. And it's like the wild creature inside us. And the signal goes into a place called our hippocampus in our brain. And if it doesn't, something doesn't fit, what happens is it triggers the amygdala, which is right next door, which is the alarm system. And it, it can't talk to us in words, 
because it's a very primitive system. So what it does is sends a message straight down our vagus nerve and something happens in our midline, down in our belly, um, somewhere that says, you know, danger. Mm. Um, mm. And the new message that's in the book is this is not, there's nothing, you know, supernatural about this. It's very scientific and also it's happening all the time. Mm. And so people listening to this program this morning, you just listening to me, part of your gut is talking to you. If you go down there, you, you could feel it, Jay. And it's saying, is this guy talking sense or is it rubbish? You know, <laughs> or should I have gone to the toilet before I sat down for the interview? Yeah. There's, there's always something going on down there and you can use it as a mum or a dad um, to, to know if your kids are all right. Um, you can use it in a conversation. Is it going well or not? I'm rabbiting on a bit here, but does that all making sense? No, no, it absolutely makes sense because we know, don't we, that so much of communication, for example, so many, uh, you know, so many of the um, little bits of information that, that your body obtains and digests all happens at a subconscious level. It's not something that we are going about noticing necessarily, but but we know that, you know, communication, for example, so much of it is is subconscious. Yes, and and the, the thing to really important for your listeners is to know that it's gut feelings are not always right. Um, they can be affected by baggage. In, in the book, we talk a lot about how everyone has trauma. It's just normal in our society to have had some kind of trauma. But I had a, a patient who was a Vietnam veteran, and he had suddenly started having really bad anxiety attacks. And when we got to what it was, was that a a Vietnamese family had come to live in his street. And this was years after the war. Right. Um, and, but he was, his, his kind of, his alarm system in his body just was going off, off the scale. Um, now he did a brilliant thing. Um, he went and he introduced himself to that family and he got to know them, welcomed <laughs> them to the street and they became friends. Yeah. And so he was able to reassure his brain that, you know, from a, being a, a soldier in terrible danger um, didn't have to generalize back to, to suburban life in mm. Australia. Mm. And, and so, you, but if you hadn't tracked it down and if, if people listening, if you, if you just keep going down in your belly and listening to those sensations, it'll tell you whether you're stressed. It'll tell you whether there's something niggling that you really need to pay attention to. And so we think that this might be the way to get out of anxiety problems and, all, all of the stresses of the COVID era and so on, so that we can we can calm ourselves down and then we can take better care of our children and, and have better mental health. You know, over the last few years, there's been um, a bit of a shift, at least here in New Zealand, you know, where we have come as a society to maybe face up or confront um, our, our mental health issues much more than perhaps we did in the past and and there's been a real focus I think for you know in, in getting men to talk about feelings and to acknowledge feelings much more than they perhaps did in the past and to try and you know put aside the she'll be right mate I'm a tough all black attitude that mm. seems to pervade here do you feel as though that is making much of a difference for the the state of you know of, of mental health Yes, I, I do. I, I have a, a, a personal experience of that my, myself, Jack, that um, when 
when we were um, young parents, we were expecting our second child and then suddenly had a, a, a miscarriage that just happened. Um, all of a sudden, pregnancy just didn't happen. And, um, and I went into a kind of a frozen state for several months. I just mm. couldn't talk about it. I just wandered around in a, in a daze. And Sharon, my wife, also, she'd had a tough childhood and she, she just went into her shell as well. And then one day I went out into, we had a seminar room on our farm where people would come to, to train. And I went out there um, on a sort of cold afternoon and I sat down and I got my guitar and started to just, if anyone listening who plays the piano or plays the guitar, sometimes you just go and just muck about. Just noodle you know, around. You know, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and I didn't know, really know what I was playing, but the, the, you know, a couple of seconds, the chords began to take shape and I was playing a song and I began to sing and it was the a song by the Rolling Stones called Ruby Tuesday mm. and goodbye Ruby Tuesday who could hang a name on you and all of a sudden I was just weeping and tears were streaming out and because I was sitting on the floor with this guitar I, I just sort of bent forwards over the guitar and my head almost touched the ground and just sobbing and sobbing and that was really, even as it was happening, the psychologist part of my brain was thinking, whoa, look at that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, that's really, this is really good. Yeah. This is what needed to happen. Because, and I was realizing it was in my, in somewhere in my heart, it, it was a daughter that we were losing. We had a little son. Um, we, of course, you don't know what the gender is when you have a miscarriage, but in my in my dream child, it was a little girl, and I was grieving for that little girl. And yeah. so we men have just as many emotions as women do, sometimes probably more. Um, if we don't find a way to let them out, we become like a walking time bomb. Yeah. Um, and many women listening to this program, I know you have a lot of listeners, Jake, um, will be thinking, yeah, that's my husband, you know, a walking time bomb. And, but it is changing. To answer your question, there's a new generation of young men and in New Zealand, definitely, who are wonderfully open. And we're seeing this, this wonderful thing of men who can stand with their emotions. They're not ashamed. They're openly grieving. And, and, it's, and it just means we can be close. We can look after each other and we can get through it. Mm. Grief is a very healthy thing. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's a terrific question. Thank you. No, that's that's so good to hear. And, and, and do you feel that way even in the COVID-19 context? Um, I think what, what COVID has done is it's kind of, it's put a bit of a, pre I mean, it has made things tougher in families because yeah. um, we, especially, I, um, I think we really need to be in nature and to, to move our bodies and, and that's been hard to do. Um, and you've managed it so much. I, we just love your Prime Minister, um, Jack, and we think your country is smart and wonderful. There'd be millions of us migrating over there if they opened the borders. <laughs> um, and, but in Australia, people couldn't go for walks to the park for a while. Mm. And it was pretty rough. And, and, you know, we'll be glad when it's over for sure. Yeah. But I think if you listen, you know, if people listening, if you've got stress in your family, it's like you have a wild creature inside you. A human being is, is a wild creature with a little bit on the front of their brain that makes us human. And if you look after that wild creature and listen to it, um, you can talk to it and say, what's up with you? You know what, you feel really twitchy down there in my belly. What's going on? Make some guesses. And it'll give you a yes or a no very clearly. 
Mm. And so I've changed now. I walk around through my life, like feeling my belly all the time. And, and my family say, oh, you know, dad, you're, what's happened to you? You know, you're, you're mm. much nicer. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not causing trouble all the time. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, a, it's a remarkable change. And I was really happy to, as I was writing the book, to discover all of this and get it, be able to get it in there. Oh, it's so good, Steve. Thank you so much for giving us your time. We really appreciate it.